following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Now, I'm not going to be lengthy. I never am, but I want to preach distinctly. I want to preach directly to you tonight. I really, really, I want to speak on something that I call simply becoming very great. Becoming very great. Say it with me. Becoming very great. And we're going to talk about it tonight. We're going to break it down. Genesis chapter 26 and 12 said, Then Isaac sold in that land, it was a land of famine, and received in the same year a hundredfold. You can't get any better than that. And the Lord blessed him. And the man, Isaac, waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great. That's in the book. So if it's in the book, I can preach it to you. I'm going to speak tonight becoming very great. Turn to somebody and say, you look great, but you're going to look greater when this sermon's over. You may be seated. You're the most awesome people in the whole world, and I love you very, very much. There's a world of difference, folks, between better and best, good and excellent, amateur and professional. The best amateurs pale in comparison to a professional. I've always thought myself as a decent amateur golfer. And when I went and stepped on the course in Augusta, Georgia, back in 2010, I realized I wasn't even close to being a good, decent golfer. The pros do it best. The best amateurs pale in comparison to a professional in any given field. Natural talent will take you a long way in life, but it takes years of work to transform that natural talent into true greatness. In this passage, the Bible makes distinction between great and very great, between the greatness of a one-time blessing, a hundredfold blessing, and the greatness one grows into in their lives. I want you to listen. There is a greatness that comes from a one-time miracle of God. How many has ever had one of those miracles in your life? Come on, raise your hand. But past that, there is a greatness that is beyond. That, it's called very great. Isaac sowed and basically had one bumper crop that came strictly by the blessings of the Lord. God blessed him and he knocked it out of the park with a hundredfold crop. Now Isaac has a choice to make. He can ride out that blessing, this bumper crop, for as long as he can. Or he can do what it takes to take the blessing of God that has made him great and use it to transition to true greatness. The body of Christ needs a real understanding about true greatness. It is not bestowed. It is grown into. Can I get a witness? Amen. One can live a long time off of one bumper crop. You can coast a long time on potential. You can stretch a blessing a long way, but it will not get you from great to very great. I speak on this concept now. <clears throat> the Bible said Isaac went forward. Now there are miracles of survival in life and miracles of prosperity. Isaac moved forward from survival to prosperity. Hear this. 
God gave Israel survival miracles in the wilderness for 40 years. Water from a rock, bread from the sky, iron shoes, clothes that never wore out, a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Miraculous, yes, but they still were living on bread and water. They were prisoners. Then he takes them into a promised land. Now watch this, and they have flocks, and they have herds, and they have wells and houses and vineyards and milk and meat and wine and fruit, a whole lot better than water and bread. But this miracle of prosperity means, you ready? Now they have to work. The only place that success comes before work is in the dictionary. Those Israelites realize they can't roll out of bed and scrape breakfast off the ground anymore. The manna ceased. When you move from great, oh, I feel like preaching tonight, to very great, you're moving from survival to prosperity. Who wouldn't want to move from that to that? Who in this house just wants to survive? But who would like to be prosperous in God? Come on, somebody. Clap your hands. But it also means that you're moving from getting everything handed to you to a place where you are making things happen in your own life. See, the lie of the prosperity doctrine that's gone through our nation is that life at the very great level happens the same way that it happened at the great level. And that's a lie. God will give you survival miracles to keep you from starving to death. But that's not where he wants you to live. Oh, Lord. God may give your marriage a blessing to keep it from crashing, but you have to work to make it awesome. God may touch your finances to keep you from getting evicted, but you better manage your blessing if you want financial freedom. And God may miraculously deliver you from bondage, but you better learn some discipline in your life if you want to live in perpetual freedom. Amen, somebody. I'm gonna make three statements here. They're gonna be on the board one at a time. Survival miracles are for a limited time. Prosperity miracles are perpetual. Number two, survival miracles are strictly God's doing. Prosperity involves you and God. You can be a junior partner to the senior savior. Survival miracles happen to you. Prosperity miracles happen because of you. The difference, great and very great. The choice is between a great past and a great future. Isaac went forward from being a guy with a great story, hey, I had a hundredfold blessing in a drought, to a guy with a very great future. That blessing, that bumper crop, That thing that miraculously fell from the sky is only going to last so long. I call those kind of blessings lottery blessings. That's what I call them. You call them what you want. But the longer it has been since that blessing, the less strength it has in your life. Let me get to the nitty gritty now. You're going to have to decide if you always want to live rejoicing over what happened or you're planning on what will happen next in your life. Come on, clap your hands.
See, the spiritual, the spiritual breakthrough, the touch, the revelation, the financial blessing, the opportunity, the talent, the reprieve that has come to you, those blessings only have so much shelf life in them. Every person has to decide hmm, between a great story that happened one time or you will decide to move forward and become very, very great in the kingdom of God. People who do not move forward become one-hit wonders. They become flash in the pans and shooting stars. And when you move forward from being great to, the, to very great, you are moving from being a person with a great past to being a person with a very great future. Hey, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. This is how I live. The best is still yet to come. Come on, clap your hands. The best. The best is not behind you. The best is not yesterday. And it may not be tomorrow, but your best days are yet ahead of you. If you'll put yourself in a position to become very great in the kingdom of God, give him a hand, not me, because he's the healer. He's the savior. So here's a question. Am I a person of potential or am I a person of achievement? I want to preach here. I put it in my notes. Preach. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. The miracles God has given many of you this year. I'm talking to you now, okay? The many miracles that God has given this church in the last two years and a half have been absolutely mind-blowing. The miracles that we have seen and witnessed in this house. Four men that I know should have been buried and they're worshiping God here tonight. A church that the mayor said, we've got to close you down. We can't let you worship. We said, okay. If we can't worship, we're going to build a new sanctuary. And we got shut out on the 15th of March and we got our, our, our demolition permit the 16th and here we are in 2022, praising God. That's a miracle. We could have ducked our head and said, you know, our best years were back yonder. We might as well just go ahead and duck our head and not try to do anything. But here we are. And we're not finished yet because God's got something greater for us. Hallelujah. Nothing like this God I'm preaching about. So the miracles that we've had tells everybody here that there is no telling what this people or this church could become. Holy Spirit outpourings, baptisms, people finding Jesus, people coming to Christ. It's been record numbers when we should have been shut down. But God said, if you want to be very great, you can. And so God, we take that challenge we understand that you've been good to us in the past, but God deserves more than one bumper crop of blessing. We need to become more than promise and potential. The Bible calls such people that are just promise and potential empty clouds that promise much but carry no rain, Jude chapter one, verse 12. God expects so much out of our lives. Genesis, the very first command was for man to be fruitful and to multiply. 
Matthew chapter 25 talks about a man that received five talents and one that received two and one that received one. And among the harsher rebukes in Matthew 25 and 30 and the commendations, condemnations handed out in scripture is the one given to the servant who buried his one talent and made no effort to multiply it. And I believe as the Bible said, he was cast to outer darkness. Deciding to move forward from great to very great changes you from a person of potential to being a person of achievement. I want this church to move from survival to prosperity. I want every family in this house to start seeing the blessing and the prosperity of God. And I'm not preaching a prosperity message, but I just think God's got blessings for us. I think when you, when, I think when you sign on with Jesus, you sign on with a winner, winner, and it's more than a chicken dinner. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, I feel like talking to you tonight. Anybody want to listen? Let me speak to you about it. Let me talk to you about it now, about the mechanics of the move. The Bible said that Isaac went forward. He went forward and he grew. Say forward and say grow. So lesson number one simply is move forward. You got to move forward. We have to learn, folks. This is going to be tough teaching, but please set up and just take it. And if you need it, take some Prilosec when you get home for your indigestion. <laughs> we have to learn to get over stuff. That's my message for now. Get over it. Get over it. Pastor, you don't know what I'm going to get over it. Pastor, you don't understand. Get over it. Pastor. <laughs> That's my message. Get over it. The good and the bad, you gotta move past it. You gotta learn to move forward. Away from the pain, get over the past pain. Get over the past failure. Get over from where you were. Get over from what has happened in your life negative. And also learn, also learn to get over from the things that brought you great victory. You can't live there forever. Peter wanted three tabernacles on the top of the Mount of Transfiguration. All of a sudden the cloud came and Moses and Elijah just said, poof. And when the cloud lifted, there was Jesus only. And, well, I don't need three tabernacles. One will do. Because I'm telling you, there's nobody like Jesus. I know it may have been bad in your life, but you gotta move forward. I know you think maybe that's as good as it gets. Pastor, it can't get any better, but you gotta move forward. You gotta stay in motion. You gotta get and stay in motion. Bodies in motion tend to stay in motion. And bodies at rest the same. You've got to learn to defy the law of physics in your personal quest toward the greatness God has destined for you. Let me talk to you, young people. Let me talk to you. Let me talk to some young folks here tonight. There's a lot of single young adults here tonight. Let me tell you something. That, that relationship that you had that went south, ah, there'll never be another one like it. There might be one in this service tonight. Get over that. Don't worry about that. God's got you in his hand. And he wants you to be very great. He is for you completing this thing called the walk of life. And he's going to be with you every step you take. He's going to be walking with you. Hey, I got to He's going to be walking in you. 
He's gonna be walking before you and behind you. You can't turn anywhere or look inside and not find him. God is with everybody in this house tonight. You've got to find perpetual motion. Do not rest on what you did. Be stuck in where you were. You're not the same level of spiritual experience. You are moving forward. Say it with me. I'm moving forward. Philippians 3. You know, I eat Philippians for breakfast. I really do. I love those four chapters. You might ought to try it with your Cheerio sometime. Philippians is good. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Verse 14, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I'm going to the goal that God has for me. So everybody say move forward. Secondly, you need to grow. You need to grow. As you're moving forward, you need to be growing. You need to be growing spiritually, emotionally, intellectually, expectantly. I don't want to bog down here, but the curse of the church is that too many people that get born again never grow after that born again experience. Not one inch. They remain the same little spiritual child they were the day they got saved. They grow up in church, but not in God. How long have you been in the church? 25 years. How old are you in God? That's the question. A 25-year church member should be 25 years old and making 25-year-old decisions. They want people to spoon feed them and wipe the drool from the corners of their mouth. They, want, they don't want to grow, but you've got to grow. You've got to read a book. You've got to find experience. You've got to grow. Hebrews 5 said, in fact, by this time, you ought to be teachers. You, you need someone to teach you the simple truth of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk still is an infant. It's not acquainted with teaching about righteousness, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Does that hurt your feelings for me to teach like this tonight? Growth would solve a majority of problems in our lives if we just grow up. Just get over it and grow up. In the marriage, in business, in church, in people, in the world, the mechanics of the move from great to very great is to move forward, say move forward, and then to grow. And I'm gonna close with three simple steps. Don't come yet, Randy. I love Randy. He thinks when I say that I'm about to close. Well, I am, but not yet. I'm getting, I'm on the downward leg, you know, of a plane. There, I'm gonna turn into the wind and land in just a minute. Here's three simple steps that I wanna leave with you. You wanna take these down, put them on your refrigerator. The first thing Isaac did was dug out his dad's wells. This is how he became very great. Genesis 26, 18, and Isaac digged again the wells of water, which they had digged in the days of Abraham, his father, for the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham. So when Abraham died, the Philistines come in and filled up those holes with, with dirt. To be truly great, you have to learn how to dig old wells. The past holds some answers for your future. There are things that worked way back then that will work today. Worship still works. 
Prayer still works. Push away food and fast a little bit, it still works. Make a sacrifice and give something to the house of God, it still works. Do things that God honors, it still works. That's old and yet it's new, it's powerful and it's true because God still honors the old wells. I know times change. I know methods change. I know practices and cultures change. No one is more aware of that than a pastor. Yet I also understand that some truth is timeless and some lessons have already been learned and there's no need to make the same mistakes again. Let me give you some examples. If praying and waiting on God gave a birth to a church in the book of Acts, it's time to dig that well. That's why we pray in January. That's why we'll be praying again in the fall because prayer still changes things. Somebody pray with me. Somebody help me pray. This church needs a baptism of prayer. Athaliah was a a wicked queen that sought to seek to kill all the seed royal, the Bible said. And a little boy named Joash was kept in the house of God, hidden away from her for a number of years. And when he was seven years old, they brought him out to crown him king. He was the seed royal. And Athaliah came into the house of God screaming that she wanted to take him out. And she was killed that day in the house of God by weapons on the wall that were posted there from past victories. A victory that they had won, they put that sword on the wall. They put that, that arrow on the wall. They put that, 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 that hatchet on the wall. And they took the past victories that they had and took out the enemy that wanted to destroy the king in the house. I believe with all my heart that there's some things that we have learned in our past that God took care of us and we said, God, I'm gonna mark that in my life. That's gonna be something I'll never forget. Why don't you put it in your spirit on the walls of the house of God? And when you walk in, why don't you praise him for that miracle every time you walk in? Why don't you praise him for giving your children health? Why don't you praise him for healing your body? Why don't you praise him for delivering your brother from drugs? Why don't you praise him for giving you something great in your life? And let that be your praise every time you come in. There's nothing like praising from yesterday's old well. In 1 Samuel, David on the run from enemies stopped in the house of God for food one day and he asked the priest for a weapon. And in 1 Samuel chapter 21, the priest said, the sword of Goliath, the Philistine, that you slew in the valley of Elah, behold, it's here, wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod, which is a garment of praise. If you'll take that, take it, for there is no other, save that here. And David said, there's none like it, give it to me. And David took that weapon and felt mighty in God because it was a past victory in his life. If it worked to slay a giant, folks, it'll work to deliver us now. If it worked to bring revival in the upper room, it'll work for us now. Amen. And if worship worked to take Athaliah out, it'll work for us now. Let me just tell you something. There is nothing wrong with worshiping God in this house. Nothing. 
Now, we, we're going to do it mannerly. When you're at the house, you can, you, can, you can just run any way you want to around the house screaming like a banshee playing a tambourine, blowing a horn, a shofar, whatever. But when you come in here, we're going to do it right. We're going to do it in order. But you can open your mouth and praise the Lord. And I give you privilege of that right now. Why don't you just praise him for what he is in your life? Come on, just praise him. Just praise him for what he is in your life. Doesn't that sound good? Doesn't that sound good? Hey, that'll defeat some enemies in your life. Praise and worship. What gave birth to passion in your life the first time? You may need to go dig up some old experiences in that altar. You may need to go dig up an old burden of ministry that you buried on your, in your busy life. You may need to dust off a vision of your life that you used to have. You need to dig at dad's wells. Revelation 3, to the angel of the church of Sardis write, I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you're dead. Wake up, strengthen what remains. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Obey and repent. If you're staggering in your spirit, passion and vision, and hope is about to die, remember what you have received and what you've heard. Somewhere in your past, you heard a sermon. Somewhere in your past, you heard from God. You received a blessing. You received a one-time bumper crop, a ministry, a vision for life. Go back and dig in that well. The past may be the key to your future. Marriage is endured. You remember that? Responsible kids were raised. Values were passed on. Great economies were built. Great neighborhoods were lived in. And great churches stood for the cause of Christ. If you do not value the past, you'll never be significant in the future. You need to understand that wherever you are headed starts with that. Everybody say the old well. You got to dig your father's well. Secondly, you got to search for a spring. Come and help me, Randy. You got to search for a spring. Isaac in Genesis 26 said, Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found there a well of springing water. I need dad's well, but I also need a spring. I need something from the past, but I also need something current. I need something fresh in my life. If I'm going to arrive at a place of being very great in my life, it'll be because I searched for and found a spring of strength, a spring of refreshing, a spring of anointing, and a spring of hope. God could have led Israel across the desert by taking them from water hole to water hole, from well to well. But instead, you know what he did? He gave them a rock that followed with water gushing all the time. God gave them a perpetual spring. That may not excite you, but I could just jump up and down right now. Every time they turn around, there's that rock. You're talking about kids having a summer blast. They, they, they skied across the ground because that water just kept coming, just kept coming. God just let a rock follow and bring them water continually. Here's what I'm telling you. God not only will give you a great past, he'll give you a blessed present. God's got a spring of water for you here right now today. Please hear me when I say this. Please hear me when I say this. Some of you would have us dig out dad's well, then camp out there. But this is not the same world that those wells minister to. In our day, we need a spring that is current, that is fresh, that is right now. We call it a rhema word. We call it fresh worship. We call it a new song to sing. You know, some people pray certain prayers. We only like certain songs, certain modes of worship, certain preachers, and I hope I'm one of them in their ministry. We only shout and rejoice over certain revelations, but we need a spring by which God can send us new direction, 
new revelation, new strength for new challenges. God will give you a spring, a spring. He will. I'm not contradicting what I just preached about digging our dad's well. No, not at all. But in watching children swing, I'm closing here tonight in the park. I got a glimpse of what the church has to do to become a force in the world. I got an idea of the motion individuals will have to take if they're going to be relevant, significant, and very great. When I watch kids swing, even in the backyard of my kid's house, my kid's house, I got a bunch of grands. The kids lean way back, gripping firmly on the chains. Then they kick hard forward again and again and again. And that repeated process of leaning back, gripping the chains, and kicking forward propels them higher and higher. If we as a church can learn to lean way back to the foundation of the apostles, on the foundation of the early church, Lean way back on truth dug out by a generation that desired nothing more than the will of God on this earth. Maybe they were blind in some areas. Maybe they did stress some things too much, but never doubt their sincere passion for God. If we can lean way back, but at the same time, grip the chains of the present and never lose a grasp of the world we must minister to. Never lose touch with the reality we occupy. Don't lean so far back that we're not relevant in our time. Keep a firm grasp on the present and then kick hard. I mean kick hard. Kick hard to the future. And let's see this church go higher and higher and higher in God. Don't wait for society to change, but move ahead of the curve with righteous integrity. Hollywood and online hedonism and pornography do not need to be the bellwethers of modern technology. Godless think tanks and humanistic organizations do not need to be the loudest voices in the ethical arguments. Those positions belong to the church and to Christians. Lean back on the past, grip the present and kick to the future and you'll become very great. And the last thing he did, Genesis 26, 25, he built an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there. Now he had already dug his dad's well. He had already found a spring. In fact, he, 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 dug, he dug four holes before he found the right spring because there was some strife at Esek and there was some strife at the second one and there was some strife at Rehoboth. But he finally, after he went to, to Esek and Sitna and Rehoboth, he found one that was his spring. Keep digging. God's got a spring for you. But become an altar builder. He pitched his tent where he built his altar. Let me just close with this. There is nothing greater than a prayerful dad and a prayerful mom. And that doesn't mean you have to go around all day saying, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. No, 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 no. But there's nothing more than a father getting up in the morning and saying, God, it's me and you now. Bless this house. Bless this house today. Before the kids wake up, before they start terrorizing mama, Bless the kids today. Bless this house. And mother, when you get up, before you wake those kids up, why don't you just say, I know, I know dad's already prayed, but Lord, would you touch this place today? Would you just be, a, would you be with us today and help us? Just help us. When those kids get up, it might surprise you one more, they'll get up and cook you breakfast. 
That's probably not going to happen. <laughs> Just a thought. You'll never know. But if you build your tent at an altar in your home, There is no greatness without God at the center of your life. I grew up a very poor boy. But every night in the home ended up the same way. With the whole family on their knees. No, we didn't stay there forever. Mom did, but me and dad and Ed didn't. We got up. And mama kept praying sometimes. Mom and dad built an altar in that place where we lived. And I want to call my parents very great. They were successful in every way that mattered. They were great, very great. Dad, I've dug your wells, Dad. I found some springs in my life. And Dad, I built my own altar because I want to be what you were in your life. I want to become very great in the kingdom of God. Sweet spirit here tonight, isn't it? Good spirit here tonight. It's a good way to go home. Go by Dairy Queen, get you a Sunday. <laughs> it's a good way to go home. Would you stand all over the building? I love you very, very much. I got to crying here. I apologize, but I feel tender towards you folks. I love you. I feel tender towards you. I never want to belabor you. I never want to beat you up. I never want to do anything to hurt you. But we can become a very great place here. We can become very great. Your family can become very great. Dig dad's wells. Find you a, a spring and build you an altar. See what happens. Would you lift your hands? Keep your eyes wide open and look at me. I'm going to look right back at you. I'm going to pray for you as we look at one another. I'm going to look at you. Dear Father, in the name of the Lord, I bless this congregation right now and I thank them for being here on Wednesday night. And I thank you for what you're doing in this house and I thank you for the fact that they're accepting the teached word of God and they're rejoicing in the fact that the word is a lamp unto their feet and a light unto their path. And I, I appreciate that, God, very much. And here's what I want you to do, God. I want you to bless these people as they go home tonight. I want you to protect them all night long. I want you, when they get up in the morning, I want them to have favor in their life. And when they walk into their job, I want them to have favor. And when they walk, or when they're in the city, when they're in the, in the field, wherever they are, I want the favor of God to be upon their lives. And I bless them in Jesus' name. And I bless them in Jesus' name.